Welcome to Strictly Jojo, a podcast dedicated to Jojo's bizarre adventure. My name is Courtney. Konokaruda! This is episode 75, and we're reviewing part six, Stone Ocean, Heavy Weather 2. As always, there'll be spoilers for this episode and anything that's happened in the Jojo anime. We talked previously about the localized title. We're continuing with that heavy forecast, part two, um, but it is what it is. I'm so excited to talk about this episode. Yeah, I think the adjective heavy is especially resonant with this episode, with it, be call- with it being called Heavy Weather 2. Uh, but yes, it's a very interesting episode for this arc, so looking forward to discussing it. But before we do so, I do have one piece of JoJo news for this week, and that comes again from JoJoNews.com with an article titled Stone Ocean nominated for several Crunchyroll 2023 Anime Awards categories. It's actually nominated for a total of six this year. And I know that we are planning to do a, a, a kind of rundown on the nominations and probably talk about our choices. So I'm not going to read out the nomination or the nominee specifically, but I will just from this article mention the categories that Stone Ocean has been included in. And that's best character design, best continuing series, which sounds like a new category for this year, best action, best VA performance in Japanese, best VA performance in French, best VA performance in Spanish, and best VA performance in German. So not in English. They didn't have English. I, I guess not. Oh, Kira Buckland had done the voice of Jolene. Not I think that... so. It would, which people are pretty. The people in the dub side of things were really excited about her voicing Jolene because I think she mm-hmm. she loves JoJo or she loves Jolene. Yeah, but I'm I'm curious to know why she, there's uh, no nomination for her. Yeah, it's odd because I felt like she had a similar journey as Fairu's Eye, the Japanese voice actor for Jolene. I don't know the backstories of the German, was it German, French, or Spanish VAs? And I don't even know if it's the voice actors for Jolene. It could be other characters in Stone Ocean for these parts. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how JoJo fares amongst these categories when they do announce the winners. And for anyone who's curious, um, we are going to be putting out a bonus episode pretty soon on our Patreon where we're going to go through the full list of nominations for the Crunchyroll 2023 Anime Awards and go through what we are actually voting for. And then sort of a sneak peek, not a total surprise because we've done this the last several years, basically since our podcast started, uh, but we're going to be bringing back our episode on our other podcast, Strictly Anime, where we go through the um, winners of the Crunchyroll Anime Awards and react to who actually won versus who we voted for. So we'll go ahead and share a link to this JoJo News article in the Discord so you can see the categories and the nominees for yourself. I believe the article also has a link to the Crunchyroll Anime Awards website where you can submit who you think is going to win. Or I guess maybe they tally these in the votes for each nominee also. I don't. I think there was like a, a breakdown of like, the public votes that they consider as well as their panel of judges so yeah community votes counts for like a certain percentage of the the weight factor of how they 
calculate. Sorry, I just like butchered all of that. Basically, like the community votes um, is one part of what they factor into uh, who ends up winning each category. So if you love JoJo, I won't tell you how to vote, <laughs> but if you love JoJo, definitely consider going over to the Crunchyroll Anime Awards and uh, voting for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure in the categories that it's nominated in if you feel it's deserving of that. I am really curious about that best continuing series category. I want to see who else is nominated because I don't understand if that's continuing series like as in like the full series or if that's like the season that they're on. I'm guessing actual full series since it is series, not season. And JoJo is a continuing series because we know, hopefully, we're going to get uh, part seven and part eight and eventually part nine adaptations on the anime side. So let's not wait any longer. Let's jump into today's episode, Heavy Weather 2, because this is almost an entirely backstory dedicated episode. And because of that, we've got a lot to talk about. In terms of initial thoughts or reactions on this episode, I, I normally don't enjoy a very lengthy backstory, but this wasn't just Weather Report's backstory. It was also Poochie's backstory. So it made sense to give it more time to really flush out why Weather Report and Poochie hate each other despite being brothers. Did you say flush out or flesh out? Flush out? <laughs> I heard flush out. Flush out? I don't know, one of the two. <laughs> Either way, um, I was fine with the length of this. I thought the entire backstory was really... Uh, compelling to watch. Um, it, it it put a lot of the characters in, in these gray areas and posed a lot of great questions, which I'm sure we'll talk about. And overall, the Poochie family backstory is absolutely tragic. Absolutely fucking tragic um, for all parties involved, which just makes it, I don't know, it just makes it so heartbreaking to have to like go through the, the fall of the Poochie family and, and see how they ended up where they are today. What were your initial thoughts? Yeah, I would say that, you know, sometimes having a flashback episode can disrupt the pace of a story. And I know like the intent is to provide more context into what's going on. And that's especially true with this episode, Heavy Weather 2, uh, more so because we've only gotten bits and pieces of Poochie's backstory in previous episodes. And that was mostly through his encounters with Dio, but we never found out like how he had first met Dio. And then there's of course Weather Report, who we've known this whole time, as is a, he, he's been presented as an amnesiac, but now we know it's because Poochie had stolen his memories, and so he was a very mysterious character up until this point. So I think it was imperative that we have this flashback episode to better understand these characters or these two fraternal twins who have become very significant parts of Stone Ocean. Although I'm pretty sure on the first watch through of this episode, I let out a very disgusted, ew. I, I think we all <laughs> did. Yeah, it's pretty cringe. <laughs> yeah, w once you find out what happens in the Poochie family later. But I think the the moral conundrums in this episode that are brought together by the series of unfortunate events. I'm now using that <laughs> book title correctly because I think you had kind of butchered it last time we used it. But yeah, the, the series of unfortunate events in the Pucci family just made this a, fascinate, a fascinating watch. 
And I would argue that this is probably one of the best episodes to come out of this third core. Absolutely. I, I completely agree, which is weird. We're saying that a backstory dedicated episode is one of the best episodes, but it really is. And I, I think I, I just love when as a viewer, I'm I'm given a lot of ambiguity and allowed to make decisions on my own versus like being spoon fed things by the story, but also given a lot of like in uh, conflict that I feel internally. Like I, I'm very conflicted watching this backstory because you want to hate on certain people. You want to you know, root for or against certain people, but every person involved in this entire, um, you know, downfall of the Pucci family had good intentions. They only wanted the best for their family members or for other people, which just makes it even more difficult to watch. I think it was really interesting, I think towards the middle of the episode, where, you know, the, the narrator's putting in work, of course, throughout this entire episode, but he takes a moment to say to the audience, this is where you have to come to your own conclusions. And like you said, it's just so fascinating for a show, even like JoJo's, to do that because yeah, it kind of makes you think about your own philosophies in life or, or your own ideologies and trying to rationalize that in these kinds of situations. I don't think there's a clear-cut answer as to who who committed the greater sin well, this episode. But. hold that thought, because I would like to actually attempt to answer it. We may not have mm -hmm. the answer, or it may be a very personal answer, but I would like to, at, at the end of this episode, revisit the narrator's question of who committed the gravest sin mm -hmm. of all of them um, and just see how we feel. So we'll, we'll tackle that. Yeah, but I think regardless, it's still a very loaded question that even if we do come to an answer, uh, you know, it might not be the right answer. So that's a, that's what, too, makes this a really fascinating episode. But all right, JoJo fans, I must insist that we get this weather report arc moving. As we oh my god, wait, you're right. This is a CISCON. <laughs> this is a CISCON episode, and we don't they didn't even know it. Oh yeah, my god. <laughs> but let's let's get it moving along as we dive down into our synopsis and discussion for part six, episode thirty one. Heavy Weather 2. The series swings us back into the 70s where we become privy to the plot of the Poochie's preposterous progeny. Turns out that Poochie Gangier and Weather Report are fraternal twins, but the latter was switched at birth, which sounds like a potential setup for a Hallmark Channel family movie until you realize that the switch was by a grieving mother who had just lost her newborn. Instead, the story goes for an HBO drama miniseries route as the pubescent Padre Pucci parades into priesthood and has his first fateful encounter with the divinely devious Dio, who commemorates their first date night by gifting him with a stand arrow. Things take quite a turn when Weather Report's adoptive mother confesses her crime to Padre Pucci, and in a textbook case of Murphy's Law coming into full effect, he discovers that his younger sister has taken a fancy to his long-lost and long-lustful twin brother. Not wanting a Game of Thrones situation on his hands, he mistakenly hires a bunch of Ku Klux Klansmen cosplaying as private investigators who, instead of breaking up the couple, decide to lynch Weather Report for believing his adoptive mother had married into the wrong race. So in a sense, I guess they did break up the couple? Perla is petrified to the point of perishing by her own preference, though if she just used her ears, she'd probably know that Weather had actually weathered the xenophobic storm. 
Regardless, both brothers are sent drowning in an indescribable emptiness as Dio's stand arrow takes advantage by bequeathing them with sinister stand abilities. The turbulent twins engage in a Tekken tournament against each other until Padre Pucci uses White Snake to steal Weather's memories and seal him away within the walls of Green Dolphin Street Prison before going off to suck some Dio dick. Back in the present, after stating his death wish to Hisoka Sui, Weather Report is ready to settle the score with his unrighteous brother, but although the shitstorm may have passed, the motherfucking monsoon is just only beginning. And now on to our next segment of the show, is that a music and or fashion reference where we document any and all nods, homages, and tributes that this extraordinary anime makes to the ordinary world of music and or fashion. So we have two references in this episode in regards to Weather Report's real name. So we'll start off with the first reference, that is with his adoptive name, Wes Blue Marine. I know that the localization says Aquamarine, but it's West Blue Marine, I think in the official version. This is a reference to Miss Blue Marine, an Italian fashion house founded in 1977 by Anna Molinari and her late husband Gianpaolo Tarabini, which became known for its waist-cinching bustiers, slinky lace dresses, and fur-trimmed cardigans. The second reference in this episode is with Weather Report's real name, which is Domenico Pucci. This is in reference to Domenico Dolce, an Italian fashion designer who is one half of the duo that founded the luxury fashion house Dolce & Gabbana, which I'm sure you JoJo fans know was previously used as the namesake for the minor protagonist D&G in Stone Ocean Part 2. Pro- antagonist? Oh, I say protagonist? I <laughs> yes. <think> you did. <laughs> <laughs> Minor antagonist, I'm sorry. Um, and I guess you could argue they could have inserted a little bit of Sweet Home Alabama as a reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for the JoJo meme rundown, where we list each new JoJo meme that appeared in this episode. I didn't catch any memes in this episode, so I guess instead we could just quickly call out one of the... Uh, interesting changes that they made from the manga to the anime. Manga readers will know that um, during the scene where Weather Report and Perla is attacked by that mob, um, they are actually dressed in KKK garb, whatever it is that they wear, the the white like outfit that they wear. Um, and then they remove that for the anime. Whatever led to that decision, I'm not sure. I haven't heard much about it. But that is a, a distinct difference between this episode and what appears in the manga panel. And as always, if we missed any memes from this episode, please reach out and let us know. So the episode wastes no time jumping right into this backstory. Um, It starts off at a hospital and tells us that this woman just had a baby. Her baby passed away shortly after being born. And so in her moment of tragedy, she decides to swap out her, her baby that's no longer alive for a baby that she found in the nursery. And it just so happens that that baby that she stole was none other than Weather Report. So that leads to Poochie, the Poochie parents. It's going to be hard saying Poochie because technically Weather Report's a Poochie. Mm-hmm. But I guess when I say Poochie, I mean Enrico Poochie, and I'll just keep calling Weather Report Weather Report. So the uh, Poochie's parents uh, believe that one of their sons have died, um, they tell Pucci about him. Um, we learn, as Carl mentioned, that his name is Do- Domenico, Domenico. Pucci. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we also find out that they have a little sister. 
whose name we learn a little bit later on. Um, and I, it's there have been comments. There's been people in the uh, JoJo community who have noticed that Poochie and Weather Report look drastically different. My guess is that they're supposed to be fraternal twins instead of identical twins. Because if you see like the parents from their backside at the uh, at the cemetery, you'll notice that Poochie looks more like his dad. Um, but then mm-hmm. I would say Perla and I guess Weather Report look more like their mom. Because their mom um, is has blonde hair like Perla. I don't know what's going on with Weather Report's hair. I don't know if that's real or not. So I don't know why he has white hair. But if Poochie has white hair, it makes sense that, you know, one of the siblings might have white hair. Yeah, even though they're, fr- yeah, they're fraternal twins, so they're not identical. But I guess, yeah, the white hair is what connects them. I feel to mention in the music or fashion reference that Perla's name is actually a fashion reference as well. Um, so just to insert that really quickly, uh, Perla's name is a reference to La Perla, which is an Italian luxury lifestyle company owned by German entrepreneur Lars Windhorst through Tenor Holding BV. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Pucci is is an Italian last name. And I know that there are several regions of Italy, especially the south, where I think like Sicily, where they have darker skin complexions. But I think it's mentioned by the narrator talking about Pucci's ancestry that they were from Venice, um, which I think is like in the the central region of Italy. So I, I, don't, I don't know what's, what's really going on in terms of ancestry, but um, yeah, that's what I did in my little bit of research. The, uh, the narrator also mentions, I believe, that the family lineage has been part of the clergy. Is that right? And therefore Pucci ended up becoming a priest himself? Yes. I think I saw in the wiki somewhere uh, in the manga, it's mentioned that Pucci's ancestor was a pope, but then they changed that to a, I think they say in the anime, a famous clergyman. I wonder why they made that change. Maybe because it would be so too scandalous for a pope to have like offspring or oh yeah i guess that makes sense <laughs> i mean yeah the, the, i know like the catholic church was a pretty wild place um in the early <laughs> earlier parts of the millennium um so that, that's a story that could have been possible but yeah just they changed it to famous clergymen and i would say watching this backstory Pucci started off as a pretty decent priest you have his introduction as a priest when he's 15. The first thing he's doing that we see is praying um, to try to understand why his brother died and why he lived, almost as if he felt sorry for his brother and maybe felt some sort of like survivor's guilt uh, in a sense. And I feel like in general, he seemed like a pretty honest priest up until he meets Dio, because why wouldn't Dio be a bad influence on somebody? And that fateful encounter happens because Pucci trips over his feet because Dio is sleeping on the floor of this church. I'm like, why is he sleeping under the under like whatever he like a pew or something? And then he like slips away and then pops back out behind a pillar. He's like so strange in this episode. Yeah, and there's a like cartoony swiping noise yeah. <laughs> when his feet disappear. Uh, and I don't know if it's made clear where the seminary or church that Pucci is currently in, where it's located. But if it's in Florida, because up until this point, the narrator said that this takes place in the deep south, which I assume is Florida. 
what is Dio even doing in the United States if his coffin, I think it was off, it was found off the coast of Africa? Well, I think in part three, if I remember correctly, someone, please correct me if I'm wrong. I believe Dio did travel a lot. He traveled all over the world until the Joe Stars realized that he was back. And then he just kind of set up camp in Egypt. Mm. Either Dio or somebody else says that, like, yeah, he did a lot of traveling because he had been alive for a little while or he had been back, I guess, for a little while before the start of Stardust Crusaders. So he did mention travel, I'm pretty sure. So I, I could see it being like he was exploring the world um, and then ended up in Florida or the Deep South. Yeah, the narrator, or I think the the, the episode did have a title card that said that Pucci and Dio met in 1987. So that was two years before the events of Stardust Crusaders. So I assume, yeah, Dio was just going on a sojourn and happened to end up in Florida, which drew him to Pucci because, you know, gravity brings people together. <laughs> and Dio and, and Pucci in this fateful first encounter, they talk about gravity. Dio asks him if he believes in gravity between individuals, a.k.a. fate bringing people together, and then introduces the stand arrow to Pucci, which interestingly points directly at Pucci. Um, and then Dio says, you know, if you're ever finding yourself in a pickle, think about me. Come find me. The the stand arrow will lead the way. And before leaving and sneaking away into the darkness, he heals Poochie's foot. And I'm thinking, when did Dio have healing abilities? Oh, yeah. He's Dio like... can just do it all, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I know he's able to control people's minds right he's very yeah, the way abdul explains it is like he's very persuasive very manipulative mm. which is how he got all those people who are not evil to follow him like kakyoin and polnareff from part three he basically like brainwashed them but as far as healing abilities um we'll have to pay attention i guess when we jump back into our stardust crusaders review series but i don't recall dio having like healing abilities in this way it's almost like crazy diamond Maybe he's just an excellent like foot doctor or something. <laughs> Do you think that with Dio fixing Pucci's foot was almost like a metaphor for altering Pucci's fate in a way? And that's what kind of gets Pucci thinking. I think so. Um, because Pucci doesn't give much thought to Dio after this fateful encounter until he hits rock bottom, um, which we'll talk about when we get to that part. But yeah, I think it's almost like he left an impression on Pucci. He shocked him in a way uh, by doing something that normally should not have been done by any regular human being. So I don't know if there's a time skip or not, but uh, essentially at some point, Weather Reports, I'm going to call her the fake mom <laughs> just to kind of keep things straight. Miss Blue Marine? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Weather Reports fake mom confesses to Pucci about switching out a baby um, you know, many years ago and confirms that it, the last name was Pucci. And of course, then he realizes that his brother is still alive. But interestingly, we don't know much about this fake mother, but I think she was a decent mom. That would be my assumption based on like how how terrified she is to lose Weather Report. And that Weather Report seems like a pretty decent guy as well up until, you know, he gets jaded and hates the world. So I, I I don't know, like I assume that maybe she was a genuine good mother to him. Um, and he's pretty distraught too when that mob like says that they destroyed his home. 
because I think they say like mm-hmm. your family was at home and we've burned your house down. He starts freaking out. So, you know, despite what she did in the, you know, in the beginning of the story, it seems like she at least tried to be a good mother to Weather Report. I think she mentions in her confession to Poochie that she tried to raise Weather as best as she could. And then we see in the later scene that, you know, he's hard at work at this diner, uh, which just makes it even more difficult. You know, we talked about like trying to figure out who we believe has committed the like grave sins in the story. I mean, yeah, with the mother situation, it's unfortunate that she lost her newborn. And then I guess in terms of like, moral relativity it was wrong of her to steal weather report from the hospital but there wasn't any sort of malicious intent behind her stealing it because she just wanted to raise a child i think that in the beginning of the episode it mentions like she had no real sense of purpose in her life and she thought that bringing a child would give her hope and so raising weather report was her hope and that just makes it difficult to pin the blame on her Also, especially because she thinks she's doing the right thing by professing or making this confession to a priest, which I guess by religious means is is the correct thing to do. Um, I don't know if, you know, Poochie in his power as a clergyman has the authority to tell her, like, you should tell the authorities. But, you know, it just everything in this just makes it such a complicated situation where, again, you can't it's hard to say what is right or what is wrong it then switches over to weather report and starts i guess his part of the backstory and the first thing i think is what the fuck is up with weather reports hair i mean he's got a mullet it was the 70s after all it was the 80s (laughs) oh you're right by then it was the 80s yeah you're right (laughs) yeah i think here in my first watch watch through i realized it's his hair then. It's not a puffy hat. Well, the new one might be a hat because it it's got little, little horns. Unless he just added that to the top of his head. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's the biggest mystery of Weather Report, whether he's wearing a hat or if it's his hair in I mean, present for present yeah. day Weather Report. Thanks to Jotaro for setting that precedent. Yeah. Of, <laughs> is it a hat or is it hair? <laughs> but we learned that Weather Report was a genuinely nice guy. We see him working hard at his job. Um, We see him help to stop that purse snatcher and even feeling guilty about breaking the window. Um, So there's a lot that shows he had a solid foundation that he tries to do the right thing. And I believe the narrator even says that he has like a strong sense of justice or a strong belief in justice. So like Poochie, Weather Report starts off as a pretty decent guy or West Blue Marine, whatever the fuck his name is. And when we jump back to Poochie, I guess after the confession has completed, uh, either Poochie or the narrator tells us that he is bound by the silence of confession about having to keep that confession private despite finding out something incredibly important. So here again, Poochie is taking his role as a priest seriously, even though he found out literally life-changing information. Really quick, just an Easter egg from the diner scene is that the the first song that you hear playing on the jukebox is actually from the part three soundtrack. Uh, the, the song is called the Gino Twist, I believe it's called, um, commonly referred to as one of Polnareff's themes since I believe, is it Gin? That's Japanese for silver? Yes. So yeah, maybe they, they included that just because of the hair reference. <laughs> <It's> the, <laughs> Weather Report and Polnareff both have 
flat tops. But that, that's just another tie-in to part three that I wanted to point out. And then begins the cringe when we get confirmation that, yes, Weather Report is dating his own little sister, Perla, unbeknownst to them. My goodness. <laughs> it is cringe, especially when they show the kissing scene later. It's like oh, so yeah. it's so innocent, but it's so fucking awkward. Uh, maybe less awkward for CISCON fans, I guess. But knowing what we know that they don't know just makes it really, really tough to watch. I guess Game of Thrones prepared most of us for this moment. <laughs> but then the narrator chimes in and tasks the viewer with, as we mentioned earlier, deciding who committed the worst sin, posing, you know, a couple of different uh, possible sinners, the fake mom, Poochie, and and he even says weather report who didn't know a thing because, yeah, I mean, that that is a good thing to, or a good point that he's making. It's just because weather report didn't know anything doesn't mean he's technically not committing a sin. Mm-hmm. So it just increases the, the gray, the grayness of all of this, the ambiguity of all of this. Yeah. It it I think this would make a great discussion for like a a philosophy class. In yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it just kind of reminds you of like I don't know why I remember this, but in gym class, my gym teacher had this like football or soccer penalty kick scenario where you have to figure out who's to blame if the team loses during this penalty kick. Is it like the kicker who missed a key goal or the teammate who had an opportunity to get a good shot during the game and missed it or is it the goalie who should have defended the goal better like you can't always pin the blame on one person and again with the narrator bringing up this challenge to the viewer to kind of figure out who is to blame it i think i've become a broken record uh in this episode it's just hard to figure out when Pucci does see <laughs> the awkward kissing and everything, he gets really like pissed off. But I find it interesting, like instead of trying to think sympathetically towards his siblings, especially being a priest, um, because neither Perla nor Weather Report knew the truth, he gets pissed off and, and says, I want to protect Perla at any cost and makes this drastic choice of hiring somebody to basically intimidate weather report and i understand wanting to protect your younger sister that makes total sense and yes you you don't have a developed relationship with weather report because you've never met him before until this point you i don't even think he's technically met him up until this point he's Mm -hmm. just seen him and had confirmation that that is actually his brother but i i think that if poochie just took a step back in this moment upon learning that the two of them were dating and said it's it sucks it's a weird situation but they don't know the truth i, I want to help them like i would expect the, him to to think more again sympathetically and more level-headed and try to just say you know i want to protect everybody and put everyone on the right path i got to figure out how to do that but no one's doing this stuff intentionally yeah, i was gonna say like communication would have just helped out in this whole situation even though he's bound by the silence i was gonna say say like he has his duty as a priest where he cannot reveal the confession but i feel like there was still a way to go about this rather than hiring some private investigators who turn out to be a bunch of racists yeah no absolutely because that that racist dude ends up doing some some research on weather reports um, history and finds out that his fake mom had married a, a black man and that sets him off because he's a fucking racist. So it's like that just 
spiraled the fuck out of control because Pucci wanted a what he thought would be a, a relatively simple way to break them up. He's like, this dude will intimidate Weather Report. Um, Weather Report will back off from Perla and then everything will be fine. But it ended up causing both of his siblings way more harm when they were literally beaten up by this racist group. And that same group burned Weather Report's home. Uh, they assaulted Perla. Then they tried to hang. I mean, they they did hang Weather Report in an attempt to kill him. And ultimately, the trauma from the mob attack and thinking Weather Report had died causes Perla to commit suicide. And it's, I mean, ta again, it literally spiraled out of control. One wrong decision caused all of this absolute insanity. Yeah, this whole thing is just like, just thinking about the fickle nature of fate and what would have happened if Pucci had not gone in this direction. But just seeing it, like I said in my synopsis, it's almost like Murphy's Law has this family in its tight grip with one bad thing happening after another. And going back to what do you do with the cards that you are dealt? But again, I, I, don't, have an, I don't have an answer. Like if Pucci <laughs> did the right thing here. I mean, yes, it, it caused very bad things to happen. But yeah, it's it's hard to... Fathom. It goes back to how everyone's actions in this backstory were all rooted in good intentions. Whether or not mm -hmm. the outcome was good, they all started with good intentions. I also have to just commend the music you know, throughout this episode, but especially in these key scenes, these heartbreaking scenes. Um, so props to Hugo Kano, the composer. Like the prevalent use of strings. I think was used to great effect in really conveying the heartbreak, the emotion, the the fucking quandaries and dilemmas of this that would not have turned out any better for any party. So I think, yeah, the music also just helped to really highlight this episode. When Pucci discovers what happened to Perla, he's, of course, absolutely distraught by it um he runs over to her body picks her up and just em embraces her and questions why fate brings two people together he's angry at fate at this moment for bringing perla and weather report together in the way that that they came together and he questions if he's failed as a priest because this is obviously a very tragic situation that was a domino effect of his earlier decision he also says that none of this was Perla's fault. All she did was fall in love. But what's interesting is he doesn't say the same about Weather Report. None of it was Weather Report's fault either. All he did <laughs> yeah. was fall in love. The poor guy got stolen as a baby and has lived under this like, um, like under this facade of a family and doesn't even know at this point where he actually came from. And then on top of that, he has all this shit happened to him. So I feel just as sympathetic for Weather Report as I do for Perla. It's probably just family bias because obviously Pucci is closer to Perla. And even though he is related to Weather by blood, it's just a, a stranger infringing upon their space. But yeah, that's a kind of hypocrisy of Pucci's, Pucci's sympathies for certain characters. Pucci also admits that he feels he's the one who should be punished. Is, no. this, an, is this an admission <laughs> of guilt? Is this an admission of sin? 
Um, I also kind of just think about the way his story ends. And I'm like, well, you, you did get your, your punishment, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but in this moment of questioning himself and possibly his worthiness of his own faith, he remembers Dio. The, he suddenly thinks of Dio. It's Poochie hitting rock bottom and him in that desperate moment being drawn back to Dio, which I, I kind of think then causes the stand arrow to activate and to react and to pierce him. And as we know, when a stand arrow pierces somebody, they have a 50-50 chance of either dying or manifesting a stand. And the stand arrow felt that Poochie was worthy enough to develop a stand. And then that affects anyone in the same bloodline, which is why I think you later see Weather Report is, I think he's been taken down from the noose hanging on the tree. And he's he's bleeding now from the same spot where Poochie was pierced. So hence why he has weather weather report (laughs) and we then see i guess weather report wandering around um getting revenge on the the guy the clansman um the private investigator yeah who was hired to i guess fuck his shit up and kills him and wonders why there are snails appearing around him because he doesn't realize yet that he has a stand this is all happening unbeknownst to Weatherport. So again, Weatherport has all this shit going on that he doesn't even realize is going on. <laughs> Poor guy. He's completely left in, in the dark this entire time. So do you remember if the manga makes a specific mention of why it's snails? I don't. I don't recall, but that's a good question because I know in the previous episode or maybe the one before it, we were even wondering, like, what is the ex- the weather phenomenon? What is the weather explanation as to why snails are manifesting from rainbows? Because they took the time to explain the poison frog phenomenon, mm-hmm. but haven't done so with the snails. And here the, the narrator's like, yeah, we don't even know why. They're just snails coming out of rainbows. I think the next episode kind of, I say kind of clarifies things because I think it actually ends up confusing things about heavy weather, like the ability of heavy weather. Uh, But yeah, I don't know if it's just because, you know, weather report is so angry with the world that he could care less about things turning into snails around him. Well, I, I think he, he... What's that term called when you just hate all humanity, misanthrope? Yes. I think it that definitely is it. I, I know I talked ex- a bit about this in the previous episode, that I feel like the reason Weather Report is so uh, deadly right now with the rainbows and the snails is because it's happening through Weather Report's extreme anger and hatred for humanity. So it's not like Weather Report is intentionally trying to kill off humanity it's his stand because this a stand is tied to your soul because he's so angry i think the stand is just automatically manifesting these things mm. manifesting this threat to humanity whether or not weather report genuinely wants it to happen i think after he kills the private investigator we we see that you know as much as weather report hates humanity he also thinks that he's not like he hates himself and wants to like join Perla um, in the great beyond. And so I think he, sh- he shoots himself with the, the private investigators own pistol or his revolver. And it's interesting because I think there's a part three connection here because Jotaro had done the same thing in the very first episode of Stardust Crusaders where he also had just aimed the pistol at his head and tried to kill himself but Star Platinum was preventing him from doing so. And so here it's obviously Weather Report, 
the stand weather report that's preventing its user from from killing himself i think it's a mix too i think it it's largely the stand protecting him but i also feel like part of it is fate because weather report has a job to do fate has mm. determined a job for weather report or at least we think so with with him wanting revenge against poochie and i think fate is is helping to prevent some of these things because when he tries to drown himself in the ocean he gets pushed back by the waves you could say that's weather report mostly the stand weather report most likely because i think weather phenomenons can create stronger waves in certain directions mm -hmm. but you could also say like we're talking a lot about gravity and fate could that also be a factor in this but essentially weather report is broken he's jaded he's mad at the world around him that anger is manifesting into a stand that's out of control um and like the narrator or maybe poochie mentioned in the previous episode the weather can be unpredictable to man and therefore weather report the stand is being unpredictable to weather report the dude <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> when poochie wakes up in the hospital um he realizes that he's man manifested some sort of ability a stand whatever and he says that it developed out of his desire to preserve memories hence being able to steal the memories of others in a disc form. Uh -huh. But then he assumes that this is also what's happening with Weather Report, that Weather Report um, manifested a, a stand that is tied to his own desire unconsciously, which again is probably why Weather Report, the stand, is so powerful and such a threat to humanity because he's pissed off at the world. So then Poochie and Weather Report encounter each other for, I believe, the very first time. And Poochie just, you know adds to weather reports trauma by saying yo dude by the way i'm your brother like you've somehow found out about um the private investigator or maybe the private investigator told weather report before he killed him that he was hired by poochie probably because i'm sure he remembered his face and then went out for revenge and questioned him yeah and then poochie just adds you know salt to the wound by saying well by the way i'm your twin brother so <laughs> i'm also gonna steal your memories um and keep you and your rage um, basically like a caged animal in prison. So I have a question here because you know, we, we know up until this point that Pucci has held on to Weather Report's memories, but how is it that Weather Report is able to continue living, because obviously he's in the prison and he's gone through all these events, if Jotaro is without his memory, but he is close to entering a sort of vegetative state if he doesn't get his memory back that is a fantastic question because it is said in the beginning of stone ocean that you need both the stand and the memory in order to function so i don't know if maybe poochie can choose how much memory to steal and allowed weather report to have enough of a baseline memory to function as a human being just didn't mm. have any memory of who he is or maybe because he's Poochie's brother, he has more resistance. I really do not know. Yeah, you could chalk this up to Araki really fucking forgot. But <laughs> maybe, yeah, the caveat is Poochie's just holding back certain memories to the point where Weather Report won't seek him out. Uh, and maybe that's just, maybe that's a, like a sort of penance for him to you know still continue to live his life because maybe there's a semblance of Pucci that still cares for his brother in that way 
but just doesn't want him to get in the way of his own plans. I would say so. I think it's, you know, partially selfish. Like, Poochie knows that Weatherport wants to kill him. So, of course, he doesn't want to be killed and therefore needs to stop Weatherport as a threat. But I think, yeah, he probably does have um, some some feelings tied to the fact that that's his twin brother and he already lost his sister. So I could see him not wanting to actually kill Weatherport because he could have just killed Weatherport. What's stopping him from killing him? Mm-hmm. Especially when Weatherport didn't even realize he had a stand. The first time I think he actually manifests Weatherport, the stand in its physical representation, is when he tries to attack Pucci in this moment. So I'm sure Pucci had the upper hand. And at the end of the episode, we jump back to present day, where we see Weather Report again saying that his only reason for living is to take revenge against Pucci. But then he adds that he needs Anasui by his side so that he can kill Weather Report right after Weather Report kills Pucci because Weather Report wants to die. He's already tried to die many times. Um, but also, the snails are still a problem. So someone's got to st- stop the snails, if not Weather Report. So does he know, like, is it because he knows he's destroying humanity at this point that this is the only way to stop him? Again, just so he can reunite with Perla, but also knows... Well, then again, he doesn't really care about the rest of humanity. I think the large motivation is is whether Port is wanting to die because, again, he is so broken after everything mm-hmm. that he experienced. I mean, that that was a traumatic series of events. Um, but I'm I'm also thinking, too, like, if he also can't control his own stand... I don't think Weatherport is evil. I, I said this in the last episode. I don't think he is evil. So I think he, he may hate humanity, but I don't think he actually wants to wipe them out. Otherwise, he would have gone like a killing spree or something, right? Especially now that he knows he has a stand. What's stopping him from zapping the ozone layer, just like Versus mm-hmm. had said he has the potential to do? So I think maybe there's like that underlying thing as well that Weatherport is worried he can't stop the snails because he doesn't know how to. Right. And we also see Jolene, Hermes, and Emporio rush out in the car to find Weather Report in an attempt to stop the snails and to save Weather Report. And we'll talk all about that in the next episode. But that brings us to our final thoughts for Part 6, Episode 31, Heavy Weather 2. So on a scale of 1 to the Lannisters... How uncomfortable did this episode make you feel? I mean, it's cringe <laughs> as fuck. I, I'm not a I'm not a Syscon fan. I know there are Syscon fans out there. I'm not personally one of them, so it is a bit cringe to to watch Perla and Weather Report kiss each other. But you know, their love was genuine at least, and watching that genuineness be destroyed by bad mistakes, uh, bad choices made not only by Poochie but by other people as well. It is heartbreaking. I know I said in the beginning that this episode is tragic. This backstory is tragic, and I'm sticking to that. And I, I, I love that no matter what angle you come at this backstory with, there's going to be some challenge to whether or not you know certain choices or certain people were in the right or in the wrong. It's just so well done. This backstory is so well flushed out by fleshed out flushed out by Araki <laughs> um so well thought out by him and there are a lot of jojo characters that have very uh intense compelling backstories um like this but none as complex and as morally ambiguous as what happened to the Pucci family what about you you know it's funny that we're talking about this episode and earlier this week i saw an ig post on, I think it was puberty. I think that's how you pronounce it. Puberty? What's P-U-B-I-T-Y. that? P-U-B-I-T-Y. It's just a random Instagram post that posts like news from around the world. Oh, like an account? Yeah. 
And it mentioned that there was this married couple who had recently found out that they were cousins. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Even <laughs> though they've already had like four children together. So not to say like it's really, I think because of how far removed they were as cousins, it was it was okay, I guess, by... By from medical from a medical, medical point of view, and point of view. Mor- moral standards, I guess. Uh, but talking going back to this episode, I think if there ever was a perfect embodiment of the word family drama, it would be this episode with all the fucked up shit that is happening in the Pucci family. But I have to commend David Production for giving enough care and attention to this very pivotal episode for its exposition heavy content which made it all the more an, an intriguing watch. Because much as the Joestars are cursed to forever be in battle against Dio, the Pucci family seems doomed to find itself in a series of unfortunate events that have pushed its characters to the brink in different ways. And I think through this, the concept of fate that is always brought up in JoJo is just really dissected in this tale of two brothers. Because you have, on one hand, Pucci developing this unhealthy obsession with fate with the appearance of Dio in his life and wanting to alter his sister's romantic fate which of course seals her own fate and then on the other hand you have Weatherport where even as heinous or immoral as his feelings towards Perla may seem it cannot be helped that it was just fate that had placed him in this circumstance so I think the the history of the Pucci family that was revealed in this episode did have its share of uncomfortable topics, but as with you, I have to commend Araki for crafting it into such a thought-provoking way that makes you really question who, if anyone, is at fault in a situation that is just fucked up beyond all repair. So now we have to tackle the question that the narrator poses in this episode. Of all of the people involved, who committed the biggest sin? Ah. <sighs> If you had to pick one, and again, this may not be a be-all, end-all answer. It could just be as of right now, as you know, in the in the the way we're viewing this, who would you say, you know, or even two people? I don't know, like whatever makes sense, because it's a really difficult question to answer. Mm-hmm. And I think trying to force ourselves to pick just one person may be almost too difficult of a task. But if you feel it's a combination of people, you know, what whatever you felt led to this tragedy that could have been avoided and who really, I guess, sinned the worst. I'm curious to know your thoughts. Yeah, I want to say chronologically, it would be the mother who stole Weatherport being at fault because it's her decision that set off this whole chain of events in the first place. But you know, in our discussion, I've started to think that even though the act itself was immoral that her again her intentions weren't with malice like she just wanted to to raise something that was taken away from her but i guess you know thinking more about what's happening in these events as much as Pucci is bound by his religious duties i think it's him who commits the most offenses if you had to kind of weigh them all on a scale because for him to choose to go this route of the private investigator that's really what sets 
these morbid fates for these characters in motion. So, and I think that just kind of goes in line because obviously Poochie is the villain, the big villain in Stone Ocean. So that would just contribute to his status in that regard. So I guess my my heart is telling me it's Poochie. But what do you think? I feel very similar to you. I do want to start off by saying, yes, you can say that technically Perla and Weather Report sinned, but because they did not know a thing about anything. Weather Report, mm-hmm. like I said, was in the dark about everything, including manifesting a fucking stand. The poor guy has just been taken for like a wild ride. So it's very difficult to place any of the blame on Perla or Weather Report because I'd like to think that if Pucci had the ability to tell them the truth, that they would have stopped dating each other immediately. Mm-hmm. Now it's we just don't like how he would have told them the truth. Yeah. So like, we don't know that for sure, right? But you would assume that that sort of revelation would get you to stop doing this sin of dating your sibling um, based on like the way that the narrator is kind of posing the situation. Now, I look back on the fake mom and on Poochie, and I agree. I think the original sin, which sounds very religious, um, was from the fake mom. Yes, she was in a tragic state. Yes, she was going through a lot. But her decision is what caused a lot of this in the first place. And she made a conscious decision to do something wrong. Poochie, on the other hand, made a conscious decision that wasn't necessarily wrong. It was questionable for sure because he's asking somebody to intimidate an innocent person. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also kind of had his hand tie, hands tied because of his oath or whatever as a priest to not speak of confessions. So I think here, if you look at all the choices, the good intentions behind them and what they knew at the time they were making those choices, the fake mom is most at fault. Because again, Pucci didn't know that the private investigator was a racist. Um, Pucci just expected for a fake altercation between Weather Report and this guy that would ultimately break up his sister and brother. However, in terms of domino effect, similar <laughs> to what you were saying, Pucci's sin is far greater. Not just breaking oath and telling them the truth, uh, not you know finding a different way to get them to break up or to end that relationship, all of that. I mean, the the after effects of his decisions were pretty fucking egregious. Now, you can also argue, like, is it better for Pucci to break his oath in order to set things straight for two completely unknowing individuals? Um, or is it better for him to keep his oath and then find maybe not the private investigator, but a better way to break them up? Because um, that still leaves the question of how do you tell Weather Report that he's your sibling? How do you, you know, put the truth out there? So that's like a whole other discussion. But I guess if I had to pick one person, I would say the fake mom because she knew what she was doing and still made that choice. Um, but Pucci is a very close second because unknowing to him, uh, he set a shitload of stuff in motion. You know, if Pucci just slipped Weather Report an ad for 23 Me. That would have solved. Yeah, <laughs> they had that back in everything. the eighties. <laughs> yeah. um, man, I'm just thinking. Like, I, I took an ethics class in college, and I feel like this episode would be just a terrific research paper for that kind of class. And so, if any of you out there are are, are still in your like post secondary education, 
consider heavy weather too as a great topic for for ethics and and morals. <laughs> and I think it is important to also share that there is a lot of mention of suicide in this episode. Um, so of course there are resources available out there in all, all or, or many countries um, for anyone who may be feeling down um, or maybe, you know, contemplating suicide. If you're a JoJo fan listening to this podcast, know that we love you. You're part of a, a JoJo family. Even if you're not a JoJo fan, there's still a reason that you're here listening to this and we, we love you. You're part of the Strictly family. So if you're feeling any sort of way, seek help. As excited as I was to talk about this episode, I'm also excited and dreading talking about the next episode, which concludes the Why? weather report arc. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be tough for me because I fucking love weather report and it's it's going to be a, a bittersweet moment. So look forward to that, I guess. Whether or not I'm looking forward to talking about his demise, it's still going to be a great discussion because the next episode is very, very intense. And thank you all so much for listening. Again, if you're curious to know how our votes turn out in terms of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean being nominated for the Crunchyroll Anime Awards, then tune into that episode when it goes live over at Strictly Anime, and you can hear who we voted for and how we react, whether or not JoJo actually won any awards. And as always, subscribe to Strictly JoJo on your favorite podcast service. Join our Discord to chat with us. Follow us on Instagram at the Strictly Series, on Twitter at Strictly Series, and check out our website, thestrictlyseries.com. If you'd like to support the show and get access to things like our bonus episodes, head over to patreon.com slash thestrictlyseries. And tune into Strictly Anime, our other podcast for anime reviews and discussions. All links are in the description. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb. To be continued. <laughs>